from the humble beginnings of South St. Louis to broadcasting around the world, Right Time Media gives to you the right lane. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's on you for not knowing who the fuck I am. No, have you seen my fucking videos at 6 a.m.? Yes, they're obnoxious. <laughs> What's fucking obnoxious about them? You're way too loud and way too hyper for 6 a.m. Hey yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to the right lane. I'm Danny. I'm joined by my co-host Lance. How you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. I still love that intro, man. Do you like that intro? Yeah, I do love the intro. Yes. What's absolutely. your favorite part about it? Uh, the do you know who? To, it's your fault for <laughs> who the fuck I am. <laughs> we got a great guest today. He's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. And owner of Media Outlaws, Matt McElrath. How are you doing? I'm great. What is Media Outlaws? What does that entail? Uh, so I do a lot of uh, video production and such so like broadcast we do you know broadcast pay-per-views obviously you yep. know from nfa but we also do uh commercials promos how do you get into that so uh in junior high i went to desoto high school and hmm. or desoto junior high i've heard of that place too yeah, yeah. d-town stunning you know so did, did you guys know each other yeah what are you talking about from st louis What's that? I'm from St. Louis. <laughs> I, I would have somebody from DeSoto. Go ahead. So you're from D-Town. You're, yeah, you're buddy. You're under me, right? O two. Oh uh, yeah, I was O two. You're yeah. O one. Yeah. O one. Yeah. So the lighting at the at like the ballpark village because you looked. I thought you were like in your early thirties. Now I'm an old man. <laughs> so I'm taking offense to that because clearly he knows we're around the same age. He said he thought you looked younger. Wait a minute now. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying when I see him at ballpark because I haven't really seen him out in the light. I seen you like. With the lights are down and stuff, and the smoke, and I might add a few cocktails. And I'm like, man, Matt, he probably looks like he's 30, 32. When the lights are down. <laughs> the big 4 Yeah, it'll be 41 in November. Right on. So, yeah. So but, uh, D-Town. Yeah, D-Town. So uh, my mom worked at Jefferson College in Hillsboro, yep. and they had a TV station there. And uh, at first, I worked at the computer department, and I got to transfer it to the TV station. And so I was lucky enough to get hands-on experience in television at an early age. So like, was m- music and television something you were always just like, really into? Yeah, so my dad plays guitar, so I grew up playing, you know, music with him. I played saxophone in his band. How many how many instruments do you play? Uh, I mean, mainly I play alto and tenor saxophone now, um, but I can dabble with guitar, bass, piano, a few other things. But uh, my two favorite all time instruments are the sax and the piano. Mm. I think they're so cool. I wish I could have played either one. We bought that thing. It just sits there. <laughs> uh, but I wish I could play. Do you remember when Bill Clinton ran for office the first time? Yes. Do you know one of the reasons why he got elected? From playing saxophone on uh, late night television. That ain't no lie either. It's the, it's the coolest fucking... I don't think you can look uncool playing the sax. Yeah. And it's, Arsenio Hall helped a lot too. At Arsenio Hall? I don't think so. No, I think so. Who was fucking with Arsenio Hall back in the... Oh, 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 oh. You don't even remember that, do you? No, I do remember that. Oh. I, I definitely remember that. that. Yeah. 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 So, what, what what age did you start playing the sax? I uh, started at I think twelve. And it was yeah. the, just the first instrument that called to you. We had one. How'd you get one? Uh, my mom had one from when I was a kid, uh, and it was time if I wanted to be in band. They were like choose an instrument, and since we had one, it made financial logical sense too. Why'd she have one? She Why'd wanted you? to play one. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. When my parents were together, they were maybe a bit more frivolous with money <laughs> so, so she had a saxophone that sat in the closet right. so your mom's kind of was into music and stuff too though. i mean like even to yeah she wanted to be uh i mean she loves music she listens to it but she never really got into playing it right as much now my dad he's a guitar player great guitar player so how long has he been playing since he was i guess like eight years old or something Did he get it from his dad your grandpa uh, grandfather no he just wanted to and the kind of defiant kid you know what i mean from yeah. a strict family Oh, right so on. So guitar mm-hmm. became his thing. So is your, is your dad kind of your big inspiration for music? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, in in high school, my freshman year, I didn't want to march. If you remember, I marched like yeah, a I complete yeah. little nerd. And we didn't have a cool marching band then. That's not a that's not a diss toward cool <laughs> marching bands. That's a diss toward our own program that yeah, felt very I mean, nerdy. There were a few... There were a few popular kids in band. It wasn't. No, quite, it I'm wasn't not quite talking about the kids in it. I'm saying our program wasn't cool. we didn't do cool stuff. Judgmental motherfuckers. Yeah, jeez, yeah, 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 I'm talking about the organization, not the people. Goodness. Yeah, we're gonna cancel you. You know that old? Is that a canceling thing? But you know the old, like the old niche of like oh band geeks and all that. Oh yeah, I didn't feel like our band was that. No, no, we didn't have super geeky band. We just didn't get to play cool music. I mean, your band. I'm from St. Louis. 
You have the glass, you push them up. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. So, uh, well, in ninth grade, though, I marched in exchange. I was supposed to get to do jazz band early, which you're supposed to be a sophomore at our school to get to do jazz band, but that was the only thing I was interested in. So what, what are the levels of band for school? Because I, 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 I thought everybody just played together. Well, there's like there's different band programs in school. So there was concert band that you had to just be in if you were going to be in band period. And then there was marching band, and then there's special little troop bands like jazz band and stuff, which is way more fun, where you're playing solos and doing cool it, stuff. It, it's seasonal, right? Kind of like, yeah, so yeah. like how you have football, baseball seasons. So bands have different seasons with different programs. Right. So the first semester was marching, and the second semester was jazz. And I was like, cool, I'll march if I get to jazz afterwards, right? And That's so, interesting. I would have never... I thought y'all just played And together. then you get the cool letter. That's one thing I always said, that the cool yeah. letter, because you had the, the, split, the right? split color. Yeah, that one was so, cool. So I uh, I did my, my time, as I called it then, and marched against my will, essentially, and, and then uh, he didn't put me in jazz band. Ooh. And so I turned my back on on the band and, and jazz in general. And he hasn't been seen since? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you got to think when you're playing in the band, the cool-ass saxophone, you got the little fucking, the guy, next to next to you and stuff, like, what the fuck is he doing? It's <laughs> a very important part. So, you play in a band, Soul Passenger? Yeah, Soul Passengers, yeah. That's one of the bands I play in. Yep. Uh, one of the bands? Yeah, we play How around a few. How many bands do you play in? Uh, I play in roughly three. We, I still, I played mostly with Monk and the People for the last handful of years. Uh, I play with uh, Anna Shanehoff. We don't have an official name, but we're leaning toward the Couchburners. Like uh, <laughs> yeah. If you're a Bob's Burgers fan, you'll also catch a weird <laughs> reference there. <laughs> But um, <laughs> that's dope. I love that. Copyright pending. Yeah, <laughs> copyright pending. Right. We have to do our due Easter diligence first. Ensure that we're not going to get in trouble for <laughs> that one. So when did you first get into a band? Well, I mean, as soon as uh, I didn't get into jazz band, I, I joined my dad's band and, came, and I played Cape Girardeau at like 14 and 15 years yeah. old. So well, yeah. what's that like? Oh, and man. What's your pops, man? Play, like actually playing in the band, not like. Cause my kid goes with me everywhere, but he, he's he's the fetcher right now. Right, right. But, yeah, well, I still was. I was definitely the sole roadie <laughs> at times. The sober driver home. The yeah, you know what I mean. It was got to earn it those was, stripes, man. I, yeah, yeah. I got to live the the musician life, but just early. Like I mean, it was I could go into any bar in Cape at any time, and anyone would be like, "Hey, man!" And they'd probably slide me a sprite across the bar because they knew me. <laughs> I thought and you were so, gonna say slide me a beer. Or no, no. I was a good kid. They knew I wasn't trying to get no. Sneak in on it or right. anything like that. I was always very straight with them, and that's why they always trusted me, no matter what. Still so famous you, down there? No, I was, I was never famous down, down there. I was like, I need to take you on to take Cage, and then so like, you yeah. were you were a good kid. I was a good kid, yeah, pretty like, much, pretty straight kid. edge, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, pretty straight edge because that's that's commendable. Not, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I'm not innocent. I'm not right. Like, no, you know what I'm saying. I was I was also a bit of a hustler, so I was also the dude who was smart enough with Photoshop that I had a fake ID that worked. So I was the one supplying everyone else to be bad. Now, see, I didn't drink till I was 21. Yep, what? I never For did until I was like 19 yeah. or 20. Yeah, oh my just, god. Yeah, I really didn't. No. I started drinking at 15. My 21st birthday, well, I mean, my hey. sister took me out and got me. That's good shit. Ridiculously trash, and then it was all downhill after that. See, but I, well, and also for me being in the band playing with my dad, I saw drunk people regularly, oh, so it was kind of turned me off no, from feel, just getting smashed. You know what I mean? That's commendable. Like. It truly is, because I because I see nothing but shit bumps most of the time. I had I had you know my my athletic career is all I thought about. I didn't want to disappoint my parents. My parents were really cool. They would let me do anything as long as I was honest with them. And so I just I didn't want to disappoint them. So I didn't drink till my twenty first. My sister goes, hey, you know, and I was like, all right, you know, I'm twenty one. Let's do it. Woo. <laughs> so how many can you drink at 21 with never having drank? So before? shockingly, no, I did really well. But the problem is because you don't know your tolerance, it flips. So we, I, I was had a lot, and my sister's like, man, you should be really drunk right now. You're fine. I go, yeah. She goes, get up and walk. I walked just fine. So um, I called him Uncle Moose. Uh, he wasn't really my uncle, though. He was just good friends with my sister. Took me up to the bar and got me a Jaeger bomb. Hit it. Spun around the chair. Collapsed. <laughs> yep. Had to be carried out. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it went from zero to <laughs> boom. They had to, like, yeah, my friend, uh, my friend Brian Spidell and Uncle Moose. Threw me up on their shoulders and <laughs> scared me out to the next. Well, we didn't stop though. No, that was just the. Uh, they were feeding me waters. They kept drinking. <laughs> yeah, You'll was, be fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what was your first drinking experience like? I mean, oh man, uh, let's see. So, I was seventeen, I think, Boom. and uh, I was with my buddy Andy and a bunch of other people, 
and I got them a bunch of vodka, and I was like, all right, I'll try it tonight for the first time, whatever. Vodka so we, was your first go? Yeah, Woo! in a horrible way, too. We were doing juice glass shots, which was not how you want to start. Like <laughs> I, we, we were idiots. We didn't know what we were doing. We were just like, here's the glasses we have. Fill them up like normal. Blah, 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 blah. You know? Hey, A for effort. So let's go. Let's dive into this. You making fake IDs? Oh yeah, yeah. That was a uh, since we're yeah. I think we're out of the statute of limitations. <laughs> I was point, say, I was so like, what is the statute of limitations? Check, yeah, I got, like I kind of looked at my watches if that mattered. Like uh, there was something. Okay, like, exactly. As, as of five yeah. minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta wait thirty seconds. <laughs> right, I think it fits perfectly. So no, uh, I because I told you I worked in the computer lab and television station as a kid. I got access to Photoshop early. So actually, before I wanted to do video, I was into graphic design and stuff. And so we also had scanners. I worked at a college, and then I also had a friend who was kind of nefarious like I was. So one day he went and got uh, sticker paper from Walmart. And our IDs from high school used to be the exact same size as a driver's license. And so I uh, figured out how to I – wouldn't, I wouldn't retype the date in. That's where everyone messes up. You can't do that. you got to select – the actual numbers and letters that are already there and move those around. They look real and natural. <laughs> oh, and that's so that's what I did. Smart. And so I would make it be, it would still be the under 21. Remember that whenever they first became the newer yes. license from the old brown paper to the, with a first hologram, right? Yeah. It, uh, it had under 21 and I just made it seem like we got our licenses six months after we turned 16 as opposed to right on our birthday right on and so you had like a good six month time frame before it would kind of look a little weird you know might have to do a little more talking than normal but clever girl yeah that's yeah. a lot of like cool shit to do but that's all creative stuff like the music the fucking the computer the fake id <laughs> <laughs> well i was just lucrative people wanted you know they're like oh yeah let me get some liquor or let me get some beer sitting outside of fishes in desoto or wherever right wow. and so uh it would just i was just like well let me just get this and i keep the change or i'll charge you 20 from you to get 25 or whatever well, right? i was kind of telling danny he's like oh he's like so you guys went to school together i was like yeah we're only your apart and he's like He's like, oh, so you know him pretty well. I was like, well, actually, in high school, we didn't know each other that well. I was like, no, we no. knew each other. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't like each Friendly, other. but not. See, I didn't know any of that. I was like, yeah. I would have never guessed that. Wow. No, I was low-key about it. You had to know. Yeah. You I didn't try to get one. I, I didn't drink. Many did. I didn't need one. I, yeah, I would have been trying to get one. I bought My first time I bought liquor, I was underage, and I bought it with my buddy's ID. He was bald and 5'7". Looked nothing like, but we went to... <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he didn't care. He was like, hey. he was like oh, whatever. Yeah, I so he didn't, speak, he didn't speak English and shit. It was cool. It was Hucks, actually, is what it was, down on fucking Grand and Broadway. Or Grand and uh, whatever the side street is, over by Cleveland High School. But I, got, I digress. So I don't even know where we was at. I cut you off so many times. Oh, we were talking about the fake ID. The only real funny other thing about the fake ID was that I used it at Pizza Hut. Right, like just because they were let's, let's see what happens. Right, we're fucking with this point. So we use it. I get served. It's all good. The manager though is starting to get suspicious. The server served me after taking it back to her. Was like checking it out, whatever. But uh, I got out of there. Six months later, I got a job there. Ooh. <laughs> Did she remember? Absolutely remember. <laughs> it's a small knew. town. There's yeah, not. Right, yeah, we are. Uh, we are yeah, my yeah. friends already worked there. That's how I got the well, job. That's, that's fucking. That's cre even more creative now. Like you're in a small town. With this fake ID. So yeah. did you go to the bar? Or you just went to the, to the gas station and bought the... You choose your shots. Yeah? You choose your shots, yeah. So I would uh, I would definitely check out who I thought looked like they might not either be loose or, I mean, uh, strict. Or I also picked shots on who I thought maybe I could be smarter than. Which, as a young person, <laughs> you're a moron and you think you're smarter than everyone. Yeah. So I gave everybody the shot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and to your point, it's a small town, and Pizza Hut was actually one of the places where families went to drink because there's only like two bars or so. A fun yeah. fact: yeah. I worked at that Pizza Hut in Desoto. In Desoto, Desoto. yeah, really? it's not there yes, anymore. I did. I, when I was 16. <laughs> oh, uh, is yes. there a bar in Desoto? Uh, there, oh, there, yeah. there was one on Main Street, and at the time there was maybe one on the north side. I don't know that for sure. The north yeah. side? Yeah. Stop! Yeah. I've been to Desoto. Yeah. There's no north side. Well, I'm just thinking of actual geographic. I'm not calling it the north side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you start doing the AV and stuff like that. Yep. How does it grow into, I want to do this as my profession and not only do that, but I want to own a business? Oh, man. Ever since I was a kid, I was always kind of a hustler. You know, I was because like working at the college opened up a lot of technological things at the t like time that we were in high school. Right. Mm -hmm. So like CD burners, for example, 
were hot. How much money did you make off CDs? Don't worry about how much money <laughs> it was. Yeah, that was know that I made a good little <laughs> chunk of change <laughs> that, you know, whenever you're uh, uh, basically, a, you know, my mom worked two or three jobs and, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. So I just found ways to hustle up and <laughs> make some so money, you know what I'm saying? Whether it was uh, legal or not, you're a business owner since you're like 17. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I did my I did my first, uh, I, I was into graphic design and website, like I mentioned earlier. I did my first uh like actual paid job freelance at like 17 or 16 got stiffed by that guy what'd you do for him built him a website yeah yeah and like at 1999 2000 yeah yeah get the fuck out of here yeah and he was my neighbor across the street and he stiffed me how about that that's bullshit because you were young i don't know what the deal was I, i think he just didn't have it and didn't want to say it I don't know right what the on. deal was. You didn't keep access to it? I shut that down. Oh, yeah. I immediately shut <laughs> it down. I was say, yeah. I didn't yeah. Think I'll throw a brick through his window. Yeah, That's and why. keep in mind, this is like whenever websites were really new. So, oh, like, yeah, yeah. you know, then shortly after that, like at 17, 18 years old, I worked at a, at a what was that place? M&D Machinery, which used to be out off the end of Flukum at 55 mm-hmm. there. And they sold, like, brakes and stuff like that, big metalworking yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? And I kept. I've updated their websites inventory so because back then you had no database driven stuff like that. It was all no, manual updates. I remember yeah. getting on the internet and it was all fucking chat rooms. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. well, it's the messenger it, and all that wild stuff. Chat rooms and stuff. I was yeah, six foot five. Yeah, and played for, uh, I was say yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm about to say that. I was like, I and if you got tired of that, you could be someone completely different in an hour or less. <laughs> Starting the business, wanting to own the business. Like, how does that? Like, you started doing the freelance at 17, and it just grows from one job to another to another. Yeah, well, my first real piece of original run in my late teens too, outside of doing the websites and graphic design stuff, was I uh, created a website called St. Louis Street Racing. And so I put together illegal street racing a whole lot too. And that website, it had like a forum and blew into its own business on top of everything else I had going on. <laughs> so out, media outlaws. Yeah. How does that come? When, when does it, how long have you owned it? Uh, since 2002. So the St. Louis street racing thing was first. Um, and then as we got that kind of going, I was realizing like I'm getting a lot of requests all the time for media stuff like outside like because i'm constantly making graphics and everything you know what i mean and so i uh i was like well i need a name and and just something that separates it from st louis street racing so that it doesn't have to be one thing right yeah and so that was kind of how i was born i just sat there and thought up names until i thought of something that sounded kind of cool i didn't realize you owned it that long so yeah yeah you've only had you really as a boss I uh, no, no, no! I've had many jobs, many yeah. jobs. Oh yeah, don't don't let the smooth taste fool you. <laughs> I failed many times trying to be my own boss and not have to rely on. Don't let that discourage you though, because that's that's what people don't realize is like, you've got to really give it your all, and it's not even necessarily about succeeding the first time, but figuring out what works and what doesn't, and then right. making it to consistent enough that it can sustain you. Well, I'm gonna skip to the band to the music now. Where does it, do you write music, or do you guys just yeah? So I, are well, composed? What do they call it? Like if you're not, it's, you write a song, but you compose music. So in in Soul Passengers, especially, that's what we do the most of. Like we've never played a show yet. We just have like music that we're writing and kind of getting it all together. And it's really more. I don't even know if we'll ever play a show necessarily. Well, say, are, you you it, are you putting it out there though? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we we'll have another we'll have another release coming up in in October, and usually kind of a once a month thing. You'll get a new track from us. And you guys, this is all original music. Yeah, yeah. So we get into the studio, and you, there's four of us. My buddy Ben Bounce, Matt Sawicki from Suburban Pro Studios, and uh, uh, Jesse Hyrant, who's all video guys, too, and except for Ben. Uh, and Matt's actually an audio engineer who owns Suburban Pro Studios. So, you know. So what's that creative process like when you all get together, you guys? It's actually wild because when you have an engineer like Matt, who, you know, is a platinum engineer, like when we're recording our ideas, he's already mixing it as we're doing it and putting crazy stuff on it and so, making it sound uh, cool. For the layman, what what is an engineer? So that would be who's like really recording your music and then mixing and mastering it and knowing what to do with it. You know what I mean? Because like whenever you say I, me and you record a bunch of instruments or whatever, it doesn't just ama- you know right. automatically sound good. It takes a lot of work. Wait, you're telling me he doesn't drive trains? No train. Oh. No train. So you know him too? Do I? That's what it sounds like. What's up with that facial hair? 
Dude, I need I need a cut. Like fucking Teen Wolf. Dude, I need a cut, man. Yeah, I, dude, I look a little Teen Wolf. Yeah. I need a cut. I've been I, again. I told you I hadn't had a whole lot of time. What the fuck is going on <laughs> over there? I need a haircut. I need a beard trim. I need it all, oh, buddy. I'm so tired of this shit too. But I, I gotta wait till the show in the in December. I'm gonna do some cornrows, or we're gonna uh, uh, permit. Ooh. And frosted tips, wear one of them dangly ears. I'm, I'm voting. I'm, I'm voting over the top. I'm voting. I'm going over the top. I like the perm I'm idea. Perm well, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna do cornrows. Fred Freeman knows somebody who's gonna hook it up. Just the back and see what it looks like. And if it doesn't look, because we got still a while to go. And if it doesn't look good, I'm gonna do the perm for sure. I think it's gonna be. So for NFA, we have a nickname for them. We just call them the mats. Yes. And sometimes it's annoying, though, because they're like, oh, yeah, Matt will get a hold of you. Well, which Matt's going to get a hold of me? You know, the Matt's. Which one? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who Then all of a sudden, one of us appears. And one of you appears. Usually, it's, usually it's you, unless well, Fraser needs me for something. But well, yeah. I prefer you, because when Fraser shows up, it means I got work. We have, we have a group text that's called Trace Mateos. <laughs> Trace Mateos? <laughs> Trace Mateos. Yeah, Mateos? Oh, Mateos. right on. Just three of them, yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't hear that shit. <laughs> so I'm a group, a text message group, and there's uh, Danny, Danny. Danny, Jeremy, and Gary. Ooh. I grew up with them. Yeah. But And we know who you're talking to by what you're asking or the tone of your voice. My kid's name is Danny. And we, it's, I don't think we've ever confused who my wife was calling for or asking for mm. just by the tone of the voice and shit. That's so you got to <laughs> come up with a tone yeah. to talk to the mats. Well, so the first time Frazier texted me, he was texting me, uh, Adam Sell and Jordan Dowdy, and we were going over production stuff, and I was giving them all kinds of shit because I thought it was you. Oh, <laughs> and he was just going with it, and he, and finally I was just like, oh, I think I think me and Marlene were talking. All of a sudden she's like, Yeah, did Fraser get hold you? I was like, Wait, Fraser? That was Fraser? And she goes, Yeah. Why? I was like, Oh my god, I was busting his balls so hard. And then like, luckily he has the same sense of humor, humor as you though. But yeah, I was like, yeah, Dude, I thought Frazier. it was you. I was just busting yeah. his ball. He was going with it. And I was like, Fraser's a good. Dude. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I didn't yeah, know him that well at the time. Yeah, you. I didn't know him that well at the time. Well, that's like, even funnier on his part that he didn't question you on it. He like, didn't know. He just you rolled know the this punches. is Fraser because yeah, he, he could have had that gotcha yeah. moment if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah, it was nice of him punches, to not do that yeah. to you. Well, of course, you know, once I started, then you got you know how Sella is. So Sella started going in on it too. I was like, yeah. So he was getting roasted because well. I thought I was roasting you. So, so Sella thought he was roasting me too. Then I most likely. I don't know what Sella thought. I mean, oh, Sella it's even funnier. He was feeding What's off funny of me. Is what, what if he thought he was roasting someone else while you're roasting someone well, it, else? It been. Both of you were wrong. Yeah, it could have been. I just like you know. It was Matt I think Sella's just you know fueling off of me because you know Sella, Sella's the funniest guy in the room. So like if I oh, start, he's man. got he's got to one up me. Yeah, but, he's yeah. hilarious. So. Speaking of Sella, his his CXPJJ event was this past weekend, and it was. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, because you showed me some videos. What what did you do for that event? Uh, directed the broadcast and the basically so like if you've been to an NFA event or if you were at this past weekend like basically once the event starts I'm kind of the captain of the boat so I'm, I'm talking to everybody on a headset you know I've got a fight runner who's getting me the next matchup I've got my cameraman I've got uh, Mike our ring announcer usually I've got the uh, commentators I've got whatever assistance that we need to do whatever production things basically that we need to do to make it all runs smooth. I'm the guy on the headset. You're the most people. important man in the evening. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm the most important man. You're at least you, the glue. You're the one keeping it up. I'm the one that is yeah. trying to help keep it of uh, the boat going in the right direction. That's, yeah, so you're yeah. the glue. You're pulling all the parts together. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to make sure that I'm. Yeah, I'm like the I'm like the motor oil. I'm trying motor to keep it <laughs> keep it keep it greasy. <laughs> Pause. So, uh, how many different types of? You said you played two saxophones, two different sax. How many saxophones are there? Oh, um, I mean, primarily there's four. So there's four. a soprano sax. That'd be like Kenny G, if you remember that guy. Yeah, yeah I, I think everybody, I think that's the, probably the most famous saxophone player. Probably the most famous, yeah. Uh, then the alto, which is the first one down that's curved, right? Mm-hmm. And then the tenor, which is probably unanimously the most popular one that you hear in most... Whenever you think of a saxophone player, like if you're thinking of Lost Boys or anybody like that, yeah. that he's playing a tenor saxophone. And then for the truly badass, there's the Barry sax, which is a bass sax. And boom, boom, man, boom. they're cool, but they're expensive. Like you, a decent intro level one is like twenty five hundred bucks. And idea. like a custom shop, nice ones like eleven grand. Oh, that know? makes oh, sense. But, yeah, yeah. That's why I don't play one of those. They're oh, that little, makes sense. But I didn't realize there were four of them. Yeah, four. I, and there is weird ones like there's a contrabass sax and other ones that are like super niche that are even deeper than a Barry sax, but they're. Is there a lot of maintenance to a saxophone? Not really. No. I mean, you got pads and stuff on there and a lot of screws and stuff, but as long as you just check them over and make sure they're tight and not let them get dried and cracked out, kind of, you know. You got to polish it? Uh, I wipe it down, yeah. That's a... 
That's a lot of money just for, for something that better not have maintenance to it. Twenty five hundred dollars for a starter. Yeah, yeah, and that's for like an intro student horn used. Wow, you, you know? better be making some money off of that. My kid, that's ever crazy, man. Because <laughs> it's because like they're not they're not that popular. Like when you think, oh, of because a band, you know why you can't because you can't people aren't that cool. That's not, yeah, it's like I mean, is it hard to play one? Um, it depends on what you what elements of it you find hard. So the hardest part about playing any woodwind instrument, which would be like a saxophone, is that it has a reed. So the mouthpiece is really the trick. Once you figure out the mouthpiece, you're good to go. You gotta have a lot of lungs for it. It looks like uh, not not as much as you would think. It's more about uh, uh, control and like being able to know when you can take breaths to refill and stuff like the that. The movies always make it seem cool as fuck. There's always yeah. some dude blowing real hard into it. He's got the veins sticking out the side of his yeah. neck. He's sleeping with the fucking lady yeah. that own that running the bar and shit. The uh, the young up and comer. Yes. The old bulls mad in the so, corner. So do you own more than one? I've got a one alto and one tenor. Right on. And what, what do you play them for? Different bands or different songs? Or so I just got the tenor uh, like a week ago, and so I'm just kind of refamiliarizing myself. I played a gig with it right after I got it, like a day or two after I got it, um, and then I took it to the shop just to get adjusted because it was used. So it's like things like the pads, like they they can be in good shape, but like they could be like uneven, so it doesn't quite cover the whole properly right? right and so things like that just getting adjusted making sure it's all tip top and then i'll be playing really it's it's like the tenor sax that i that i would play is going to sound more like a growly blues saxophone and the alto that i play is more like a pretty melody horn so i'm going to sound like a two-year-old but why why made you switch did you get bored or did you just want to challenge yourself what made you go to a different actually playing with soul passengers because like we were building the the horn sections for these songs and stuff like that. I mean, I've always wanted other saxophones to play with. Yeah. It's not. I had a tenor; it got stolen like ten, fifteen years ago. But like playing with Soul Passengers, especially lately, because like we go to the studio and we'll have ideas and stuff, and then we just literally start recording. Then, so as soon as we walk in, we have ideas. We lay the ideas down in the studio right then in Pro Tools, mix them. Oh, we like that. We don't. Whatever. And so we would build these crazy horn sections off of just my alto, and it was like, man, I can't wait until we have, like, a berry and a freaking tenor to, like, really fill this in all the way. And you're like, I ain't going to buy a berry, but I'll, go, I'll buy a tenor. <laughs> what is well, your... I wanted to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a berry, so I have what's called a saxophone. It's basically an envelope that takes all the funds that I make from playing saxophone gigs if I go out and play or if I do a studio session or whatever. And, I, and whenever it builds up, the proper appropriate amount of money, I'll get a, a berry next. That's dope. That's good, yeah. So you're reinvesting in yourself. Yeah, yeah. I let I kind of let it. Uh, playing music is kind of my retirement plan. Like you know what I mean. Whenever I get tired of lugging camera equipment around and doing all this nonsense, I'm just gonna play music and or you could just hire someone live else by to lug the it around. If you could play with somebody, who would you like to play with? Oh, like any artist, any uh, artist. Besides, I'm, I'm assuming Taylor Swift is at the top of the line. Oh, hear about her new relationship and yeah, she's I, ruining football. But yeah, ruining <laughs> football for you people. I'm sorry for for your loss. How is that? Uh, no, I I don't have like a list of people I would love to play with. It's more like John Coltrane. Yeah, I, it's really. I think it would be more about like where and why we would play. You know what I mean? Like because right. like, sure, I mean, if we're just talking like walk in a room and oh, there's anyone john mayers and they're playing guitar and all of a sudden your saxophone's there and you just start playing together like some weird dream i mean sure that could that could be pretty cool but i would rather it be like more like oh all of a sudden somehow they heard me in a bar and they wanted me to play with them on some show there locally that would be way cooler to me and it wouldn't have to be anyone specific it's just i would just want to hang out with john mayer (laughs) right that seems really cool to me i I probably get a lot of hate for that when i say that but why i don't know he gets a lot of heat yeah, he was a bit of a player. People that's are jealous. Because, that's, that's, why. Be, that's because of Taylor, but she even said to let it go. It took her, I don't know how many years, but she finally said let it go. <laughs> so we're at, we're, I'm in, out of town working. There's like five of us, and we're in North Carolina, and we're sitting at this bar. We've been drinking all day. And uh, somehow Neil, one of the guys I work with, got brought up. If you, you had to sleep with one dude, one famous guy, who would it be? And he, without hesitation, he said, oh, John Mayer. <laughs> and so we just ripped into him for the next 30 minutes like hysterically laughing my side so because I laughed so much and then we stopped for I don't know how long it was the time frames don't really I don't know don't this guy sits down next to me it was a while after that he sits down next to me and I was like hey let me ask you a question man if you had to pick one celebrity male to sleep with who would it be and without hesitation this motherfucker says oh John Mayer 
Like before I could fit both of them at the same, like it was the, one of the funniest, I guess you had to be there, but it's still one of the funniest memories I'll ever have because the dude didn't hear Neil say that and he said it like right just as fast Just too. quick. I mean, it's the wrong I mean, answer. You guys think that he's, what's that? It's the wrong answer. Who is the right answer? Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid top two without a doubt. I mean. I'm not fucking either one of them. If you're going gay, <laughs> go for the glory. Hey, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, that, no. Who would be your guy? You had, you had to sleep with one celebrity, male. Uh, one dude celebrity? If I have to sleep with one dude celebrity, oh, I don't know, man. I'm going to have to sit back and think about who might be gentle because I'm... Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't say... Hey, hold on. We didn't say that you, that you were taking it. Hey. Might be giving it. That's we, know, we know Matt's You just bottom. like soft. You I just, just like mean soft. like, you know, yeah, not going to like Lance, bully Lance, me into something you're crazy. The, you're the power bottom, Lance. We all know. Yeah, we know. Yeah, that's we fine. Know, that's whatever. People love me. So He's wearing thong flip-flops. You know that's what it is. Oh, he's got Crocs on. Is that much better? They're my kids. They're my kids. And I steal them. And I'm he's lazy. at his house, though. You're at his house. I'm lazy. I literally had to grab what? my stuff and come. He's here. had thong flip flops. Let me see them snarkle toes. Oh yeah, my, yeah, my toes are not. No. What size foot is that? They look little. They do I look got, little. What, is, what size should you wear? Uh, twelve. Twelve. No. You do not wear that is twelve. Not a twelve. This is a, this is a fucking thirteen. Look, bro. Son. This here is a twelve, son. Okay, come here. I don't know. Uh, uh. No, you're right. I'm at like 11 or 10. You're a nine. Nine. Say, you, you're like a you nine. Be single digits, little buddy. Yeah, you're like right. a nine, bro. I am not single digits. Little fucking shoe. <laughs> I wish I had my shoes because they would have the size on them. <laughs> They're, They're like at least the 11. Thong sandal department, though. You know what, I know. You're wearing thongs, the sandals, and you know what they say about people with little <laughs> feet, right? Ten. You're barely <laughs> the double digits. Double digits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What do they say about guys who wear thongs? What do they say? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he sure like, let it trail off like no, he had no, 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 I, I, don't wear, I don't wear thongs. Wear so what happened was he thought he had a joke and he lost it. <laughs> no, I was going to reference your, your, your Johnson, but we think I think we've made enough oh. gay jokes today. That's fair. <laughs> so what, what you said you like doing music a lot more than you do the AV stuff. Well, no, it's just, it's. Uh, I mean... I love doing AV, don't get me wrong. I love doing graphic design and all the stuff that I do. That's why I have that profession. I'm just saying whenever it comes time, like I've, so when you make something you love your job, you will eventually get tired of it. Right. Correct. And so I've never had saxophone be my job so much that I'm tired of it, right? So it's never been the stresses of, oh, I have to go play this show whether I want to or not or anything. So to me, that's kind of the retirement plan. It's like, you know, go live by the beach and play saxophone in bands or something. So what... Describe the fight night night for you when you're producing a, the whole episode or like uh, Ballpark Village. What, yeah. What's your emotions like? What, like how you getting, what's the morning like? Oh, so... Well, I mean... You want to start from the morning because we got the day before is way and all before. that. That's so that's it depends on what we. It, it really depends on our setup time. So ideally, we get the day before to set up. That would be like, for instance, a Friday at Ballpark Village, and then Saturday we do the show, right? And Friday night we still have the weigh-ins for sure. So you know, um, if that is the case, things are a lot easier because it's not as short time framed. To get things done so like you know we're always trying to like come up with cool segments to do and add things in like how you were doing the red carpet last time you know that you and Frazier put that together and so like somehow I'm always involved well you know we like you and you you got to do stuff I don't I don't know how I'll get stuck with you I don't know either. <laughs> so so uh, if we get the day before it's pretty chill because we got plenty of time to set everything up and we can kind of run so, through everything. Is there ever any nerves? Like, I hope this all goes fucking right. Absolutely. But what's <laughs> crazy, it's like you, there's always something that comes up, something technical. There's going to be something weird, whether a converter for some sort of cable isn't working or the interface for the first the first show we did at Ballpark Village, we had a lot of problems interfacing with the wall because they got a new wall. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure every, every new venue, I'm sure, is a new obstacle for you to absolutely yeah so that's kind of one of the things that uh has been like a a forefront selling point for monitor issues yeah well is just being able to what's that monitor issues yeah Yeah. totally monitor (laughs) issue we have those solved now um no but the uh that's being able to integrate it to venue has been kind of what pushes me along especially with that skill level because i can go to a venue and figure out what we need to do to take it over so like you saw how like we take all the screens over the strips all that figure out 
what all that takes. We've already been working on the show for months before we ever get to fight night. You're a visionary. You could basically stand in the middle of the room, look around, and get a good idea of what you're wanting to do. Yeah, but I mean, because I mean, between me and obviously Marlene and Brad mm-hmm. and Frazier, we all come up with what the show is gonna be, and then me and Frazier really fill in the gaps and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they tell us obviously if we're gonna if they got someone cool to do an interview with or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be we you know they definitely have their input for the show anything they want to do obviously i work it in yeah. but then uh me and fraser have a lot of creative control too where we get to try things too so like you know you got yeah you do have actually because i know uh obviously i work with brad and marlene closely too and yeah a lot of times they defer to you you uh yeah. the mats <laughs> they yeah, defer to the mats, defer to the mats. Things, yeah. yeah and it's it's mainly just you know also you can't have too many too many cooks in the kitchen you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it doesn't doesn't work if you have too much going on. no because it depends on what it is so you know basically you guys are my boss in one aspect and then brad marlene are my boss in another aspect so it just depends what i'm talking about so yeah i know you guys do have a lot of creative control yeah and it's also i mean the only i'll still tell you no is that a common thing thing? what's that for like the producer to have creative control because it seems like it'd be the smart thing to do to a degree Yeah. yeah so i mean i mean don't get me wrong. I I still run it. Like I get it approved by no, Brian right. And we don't do anything. But just, but you just surprise. Think, you Here we are. Out, you know. Like I would assume that sometimes they come up with an idea, and you are the one that has to figure out how this thing is going to work. Yeah, absolutely. Or how we transition. Like whenever we added the red carpet stuff that you know we have now. Like how we get that gear down to where it needs to be for whenever the show's in. I do like how you said have now. Like there's a future present tense. Like it's not past tense. Go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I thought we were definitely <laughs> no, doing we're, it the next one, right? I, mean, I just wanted to say that on. The I track. even got like yeah. a big nice. If you're doing it in the same spot, I'm sure they have heat options there. But if they don't, <laughs> I have a big propane like outdoor patio heater to put by you, so you don't have to freeze to death. It's gonna be great. Well, as I say, only this time Danny's wearing a suit with me. So oh, I'm well. going. Yeah, I'm going over. Yeah. I told you the hair and everything's gonna be over the top. Well, mm-hmm. to your to your defense, we weren't supposed to wear suits, but then when we talked about it, I didn't. I would not have had time to. It was nine hundred eighty-seven. Oh man, dude, it was, it was I broiling. Like, I, no, you didn't. No, I did. I was, I was sweating left and right. Yeah. <laughs> so no, uh, but back to your question though. To be, just cut to the cut the mustard. The <laughs> I don't know why I said that. That came to <laughs> Edit. my mind. Yeah, no, I'll leave that. Well, let's in. cut that out. <laughs> no, leave that in. All cut, the creative things the that he's, he's done in his life, and he yeah. cut the mustard. Cut yeah. The mustard. No. Uh, the heart. The most stressful moment, probably though, of all of it. Is that moment whenever the show is starting live, like that first minute, that first push? Essentially, I look at it as if I'm the boat driver, right? It's all of us pushing off together off the shore to get it started, right? So yeah. there, it's the it's the one time where I need every single person to be really on point to get it started. As soon as the show's going, you can kind of breathe and relax, and mm-hmm. things have a little bit of wiggle room. But as soon as that thing starts, there's kind of a lot of tightness to make yeah. sure we're yeah. ready because it's hot and live and everyone's seeing it, you know, so. So do you do concerts as well? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, so that NFA show you saw the weekend before that, I did uh, Brian Owen's Father's Day uh, live stream. Is there something about rap battles too that I noticed? Is there anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do production for Battle Rap. Battle I just, rap, I just it, yeah. did, uh, I just put out a Battle Rap actually uh, last week and it's already got over 100,000 views. So... so <laughs> We gotta dive into this battle rap. I knew that. You ever been to battle rap? <laughs> no, I've never been. Have you ever seen it? I have seen it. On, like, okay, so just to clarify, no, no beat. There's no. This isn't like Eight Mile where there's a you know a beat in the background and all that. Dun, this is dun, dun, dun. two dude. It's a battle. It's a gentleman's game of wits, is how I look at it. Because like you essentially, it's it's you know how being a comedian is almost the last frontier of saying almost anything. Yes, battle rap is in the exact same arena it's the last frontier you say the wildest shit to your opponent no yeah i've seen it there it's it's amazing dude the energy in the room is it, it you guys go to fights you've seen knockouts you've you've been there for the craziest electric moments we've had at nfa and other organizations right whenever people get crazy in the battle rap stuff it's the same crazy electric in that room everyone there's there for the oh, bars it's probably even worse too because they're all like, oh everybody's it's crazy yeah, everybody's into if it. you haven't been to one you should come to one i mean it's phenomenal so that's in st louis oh absolutely in fact some of the oldest rooted battle rap comes from st louis get out yeah so like uh o weston owns on street status and he was a part of like the early days even before his own street status there was stuff going on here in st louis with now what's called the god tier battle rappers like a verb and these other guys too so you've met you've met a wide variety of 
people with different backgrounds and stuff. Like if you're doing battle raps and you're you're doing who did you say you did uh, a Father's Day special for? Brian? Uh, Brian Owens. Yeah, it was a yeah. pay per view broadcast for Father's Day. That's great. Like, what's that like? Like, what meeting all these different people? That's yeah. You obviously have to enjoy it as part of your. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it'd be boring if everybody you ever met was the same. You know, and so I like to. I like being a part of different cultures and doing fun stuff and just like finding things that like if you had told me five years ago, hey, by the way, you're gonna be into battle rap. That's what I said. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that right away. You know, I mean, I could, I can see it now. Now, and like because I know that I'll end up in weird stuff because just a few years ago I was broadcasting drone racing whenever that was unheard of. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just like all you know. I love just different stuff you know what i mean and i love to put a spotlight on it at a really high level and so if i can do that then that's that's what i try to do who in your field do you do you emulate or do you look to and like that's some really cool shit that something he did you mean like as far as broadcast goes or video production in general or yeah oh man i mean st louis has a a really a load of people that make great stuff i mean oh yeah the community here is really good i mean there's this guy, uh, Matthew Goodman, makes great stuff. Uh, he does a lot of music videos and things like that. Uh, my buddy Brandon Sloan, killer, also makes all kinds of promos and music videos and things like that. Uh, I mean, we got a whole squad of, of killers on our team that has their own stuff, too, like my guy Lincoln James. And like you guys have met Lincoln, he's the cameraman on the perch during yes. the fights. Yep. He's got his <laughs> own stuff going on. Like, we're all, even though we're really. Everyone kind of has their own thing going on, and then we kind of come together like Voltron to make these crazy, big, cool productions. But then you, know? you guys probably also learn from each other too, right? Absolutely, yeah. and and like we all are at the point too where like sometimes it'll be Lincoln who has a job and he brings me in, mm-hmm. and I'm the cameraman and he's the director. You know what I mean? And sometimes like Jason, our wireless guy, it'll be something he's really the f- the point man on, and yeah. we take direction from him while we run stuff. You know what I mean? How many people are in your like your your inner circle, your group that you do that with? Uh, I, in our direct circle right now, I would say the main core group of us that work. I mean, you obviously the three mats in the in the room is the for broadcast. That's like the three we're usually for graphics that that part of it right um but then i've got lincoln and jason and then uh man there's so many because like the fresh produce crew like that's another another four or five people six people too produce crew yeah so we do there's one more (laughs) layer to pull back for you here so uh wednesday night tomorrow i don't know when this comes out but uh first wednesday of the month best way to say it uh, Fresh Produce is a hip-hop beat battle where hip-hop producers who make the actual instrumentals for that come. Uh, it's an eight-man tournament, and it's $500 to the winner, and they have a Rolodex of beats, and they go up against each other. Wow. That's really cool. And so, so they cool. fully produce that, too, with like cameras and the whole nine. So you could you produce a song? Like if somebody was to sing or whatever, you could mix it, master it, and... Uh, I wouldn't be the one who would probably mix it and master it. I I can do well enough for like live streams and stuff like that, and like good enough. But I mean, really, uh, if anything comes, it's important. I'm sending it to Matt Sawicki at Suburban Pro Studios. How did you meet him? Uh, uh, so weird swing around things. I was doing music videos <laughs> with a buddy named Corley. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you were a swinger. I know that's no, where I, I went to. I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking how like all this came about, like swinging around this this <laughs> sw- loop I'm, around everybody that kind of made the moment. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. how it all became involved. So, uh, hanging out with my buddy Corley. He was a hip hop guy from uh, East St. Louis area. Lived over in Belleville, um, and he ran around these dudes named the Foo Fops. And Matt was in. So the Foo Fops had a guy named Junior Smalls in it. He was friends with Matt Swicky. They had a thing called Crack Tracks where they made hip-hop beats and shit, and Suburban Pro was already a thing. Uh, so I got to know Junior through a whole lot of projects. Like, we shot a reality show with Afro Man and a bunch of other weird crap. Uh, and I got to know Matt. He's just got the greatest life, right? right? Afro Man? That's yeah. awesome. Oh, man, that was a wild the time. most too. interesting life. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry I mean to cut you off. No, no, God, no. Um, so because of the whole getting to know Junior, I, re- I also got to know Matt. And then once I started doing this thing called the Loft Sessions, which was just like me and a camera trying to get the music scene noticed. You know, like I just wanted to capture a footprint in time of what our music scene was like. I would have people come over to my loft. I'd get out a camera, 
microphone, have him play me a song, put that out, and Matt would mix it. So I would like once I started using Logic to do the multi multi microphone stuff and everything, we would make sure we got him nice clean stems and we were very capable of that. And we would send that over to Matt. He would mix it, send it back to me, and I would put it in the video. And I did hundreds of videos. So if we talked to ten year old you, he would have no clue where that you're doing any of this now. Ten year old me was I believe uh pitching melons in a field right before baseball season that was i only cared about baseball yeah yeah you've come like from desoto to all of the people you've met you've seen the things you're doing are interesting that's not that it's not common for st louis really let alone fucking desoto oh well i only i was only there from seventh grade up so i I actually like before that was in the boot hill of missouri and i also lived in cape for a little while we're we're at in the boot hill like kennett like, uh, all the way down, like, in this tiny nobody- town called Holcomb, and even smaller than that, my grandparents live in this town called Frisbee, which has a grand total of 33 people. Whoa. There's a lot of thick accents down there. Oh, I had the thickest of thick, <laughs> brother. I used to have such a thick southern accent. In fact, you might even remember when I had it from when we were in school, because it didn't tailor, really tail off all the way until I was probably a sophomore or junior. So, did, did you ever, did, like, what age did you think that this is where you was going, or just... It was happenstance all the way. Uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I, I thought I was going to be either a pilot or a cartoonist. I loved drawing, and I, but I was not really that. Well. No, I'm not uh, that good. No, not. So, and that's. <laughs> he said he loved drawing. He didn't yeah, say he was yeah, good yeah. at it. Why does hey, this assume, look, I, I, assume I, everybody who loves it can do it? Because you know, you see guys in class that were always drawing. They always drew really well. No, I I was surrounded by amazing artist that could draw too and when i got to desoto too we had this dude named chris somni that went there and now he draws for like marvel and stuff so like for <laughs> real? when you're what when you're around something like that every single day right. you realize yeah. you're garbage you sit you know what i'm saying you're like ah this well, isn't for me DeSoto, like, I, I took yeah. a class from him <laughs> and desoto had a lot of good drawers actually yeah really it was draw. strong Cause I, I love drawing too but i realized i wasn't good at it because of all of them so i right. stopped yeah <laughs> so, I did. so once i have a hard graph- time writing my name yeah. It looked, I can't read it. It's because you need your glasses. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I didn't think, gra- you know, video and all that wasn't even a possibility in my mind until, you know, I was, my mom worked at Jefferson College and I was kind of around it a little bit. And so then, did you hang out there a lot with her? Yeah. Like, it, well before I ever had uh, a job there, she would just take me up there because, the, like, the, what are the, babysitters? The, yeah. The internet speeds we have now, they had then. Also, which yeah. is mind blowing. Yeah, so like, remember I was telling you I had like the I had access to the first CD burners. Yeah. I was able to download songs as fast as we download them now back then and burn them to a CD, and then I would bring them to school and slang them. Man, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even that difficult. No, it was easy. The, the biggest cost was the real CDs. That was how many can I burn in a day without doing too much work? Oh, or getting yeah, CDs were pretty cheap too. Yeah, yeah that's a huge ones. profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every CDs charging. 15 yeah. bucks, 10, 10 bucks. So really, though, like 7th grade, 8th grade, that's where I learned about the internet. Like, you know, so like I had full unfiltered access at a college. I mean, obviously, I wasn't looking up anything inappropriate. Uh, but like Allegedly. I could look up all kinds of anything when the internet was new, barely able to handle pictures. And just the right. evolution of it from then into the 2000s. You getting know mad I mean? when your mom would I pick really up the phone and it would cut the... <laughs> oh, man. You know what was crazy is it was weird to go home afterwards and go back to normal life internet because yeah. then it'd be the dial-up slow. Oh, like, I'm waiting on pages to load. I'm and like, if somebody picked up a phone, it so killed why, it. Yeah. Well, how did, why did this school have such a fast internet or how? It was called T3 back then. And even back... So even back when I worked there, man, the fiber they're laying now for residential, they got back then fiber. For real? Yeah. They had fiber laid in like... 2000 2001 at jefferson college that's crazy how do you keep up with the trends and what's hot right now (sighs) and the the new tech technologies how do you how do you stay man i try to look at everything real now that i'm so like in the video world there's a lot of equipment and you can end up with a lot of equipment very fast right Mm -hmm. and so i have a lot of equipment and stuff and so now because of that i i kind of stand back and i look at things like what can i realistically get into that doesn't take as much Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I look for these days. You know what I mean? Because it's not fun to need a thousand of something in a hobby anymore. It's kind of funny you guys you know? bring that up because literally, literally, before I came here, uh, Montana, my fiance, and I were talking about how you know the old, old thing you can't talk, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, and that's not necessarily true. The old dog just has to be invested or interested in it. That's Correct. the difference. Yeah. Yeah. You no longer just yeah. pick anything well, up. No, you got to be invested in. But it. they say like yeah. your the person's clothing style, it, yeah. it gets locked in at like. 
25 or 18, whatever the hell it is, mm-hmm. and you stay like that forever. I hated that. No, I yeah, never yeah. wanted to be the same person. Mm-hmm. Like when people are like, oh, you change. I'm like, you're supposed to. Yeah. You're supposed to grow and learn and de- mm-hmm. develop. And oh, man, I'm so glad. Like that guy from my 20s, I'm so glad I'm not him anymore. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, well, I see, we've all heard the, the line or whatever. If you if you think or view with the world the same way at 35 that you did at 25, you've wasted 10 years. Yeah. If you view it at 40 the same way you did at 20, you wasted 20 years. You didn't do anything. Yeah. It's also weird to think now that I'm 40 that this is what my dad was experiencing when I was a senior. Like, just thinking, like, my mindset, how I feel day-to-day is probably a Whoa. similar you zone. That, you made that real. I never even thought about that. <laughs> right? Yeah, Sorry yeah. if that was uh, no, not I, what you were expecting. Yeah, but it is, though. I, yeah. No, it is very real. It's like you start to kind of uh, – you almost can empathize with your parents a little bit more now because you're at the age where you can think of, like – holy shit like it dawned on me one day like recently not even that long ago and i was like holy shit at this time my dad was like you know a full-time musician or doing some electrical or carpentry work on the side too and had me around playing music here and there Mm -hmm. and shortly i think when he was 42 i was a senior in high school so and i lived with him so like he was gearing up to become full-time having me around and i'm just thinking in my brain like what it would be like to have to take care of a kid all of a sudden, who's grown, you know, almost. Yeah. <laughs> just like, whoa. My oldest son is uh, graduating this year. I'll be 42. Mm. And it's the year he graduates, too. It's Wow, that's, yeah. Line uh, that up. It's uh, it's an experience. Yeah. So you can think, though, about your, you know. I'm, I'm Oh, I, I do. Like, oh. you know, what your dad must have been thinking about whenever you were this age. I think they're a little different because... Well, generally, I got a good kid, sure, but, right? but that and I got a good kid. <laughs> My dad's kid, not nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't get paid back with yours. Yeah. No, he was kind of an no, not at all. I fucking I had the lottery and shit. I got a daughter who's eight though, so we'll see. You got time? Yeah, I got time. Yeah. yeah. So I was just thinking that I was like, yeah, when my stepdaughter graduates, I'm gonna be have the wheelchair in there, but you'll be right there with me. <laughs> yeah, she's eight. She'll be yeah. nine in March. Uh, yeah, she five, has, five on my she end. Has the so. vocabulary of a grown woman she's just as spiteful and hateful she's not going to be as good as the boys were she's a lot like me i was about to say she's she's you yeah we, yeah she's very very smart but yeah she's yeah. gonna give us problems i'm sure <laughs> i should have stopped and i had hey we're gonna take a break real quick come back and play squared up do you have a leaky roof some busted siding are your gutters hanging down well, don't stress. Call Halsey Roofing. They'll come out and give you a free inspection and get your home on the path back to being safe, secured, and looking new again. They're a second-generation, family-owned, and operated business that has been serving the greater St. Louis area since 1978. So give them a call today at 314-714-0274. That's 314-714-0274. Halsey Roofing.